you to praise the Lord. You are already praising the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. And you may be seated. Lord bless you. What an atmosphere you create for this moment in the service when uh, the minister steps to the pulpit to begin to preach. I believe your hearts are already ready and uh, you are just all set and ready for the Word of God. Praise God. I uh, especially appreciated the great Bible teaching that we heard this afternoon. It seemed like the length of time that Brother Urshan spoke to us was but just a, a little while. I don't know that I've ever seen, except perhaps when I have watched him and heard him speak before, a more attentive audience because he is well-versed, well-studied. Brother Gary Beckton, I think, said something about the last two or three years, but Brother Jonathan Urshan has been a student of prophecy for many, many, many years, as, as we know. But you will not want to miss tomorrow afternoon. It's a privilege of mine, an honor, to be associated in this great Kansas camp with such a fine Bible teacher as Brother Jonathan Urshan. I've thrilled to hear him at other places and he told me some brand new things today I had never heard before and it stirred me. Praise God. And then Brother Westberg, I tell you what, just keep them, keep them dancing. Amen. We're with you. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen. The service had gotten started in another place one time. And it had been going on for a while. And the Spirit of the Lord was moving. And a good dear black sister stepped into the foyer of the church and edged on out into the auditorium. And the Spirit struck her. And she gave a twist. And then she prayed. Lordy, don't let me hurt myself. <laughs> Praise God. I told you last night you better keep your eyes open. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is great. This is great. I am, I am so pleased. As Brother Gary Beckton said, it's better to have a little fire than to have a cold Pentecostal service or a little wildfire. And I tell you what, when we went back to Nashville, Tennessee after an absence of about eight years, and it was kind of cold and formal and no one said amen. I preached and I felt like that uh, I had made miserable failures. There was no response. No one moved. No one uh, batted an eye. And I knew something drastic was going to have to take place. And I prayed one night before service and I said, Lord, let me act perfectly ridiculous tonight. Amen. And the Lord answered that prayer and broke the ice. Praise God. And uh, I tell you what, we've got them that just act perfectly ridiculous in the natural but in the spirit it's just wonderful praise God praise God praise God well camp meeting means a lot of things it means to some 
that you have looked forward to this all year long and have taken your vacation time to come. And uh, it really isn't vacation. It really isn't. Not as the world looks on vacation. You're not lolling around on some beach. You're not seeing exotic sights. You're not traveling uh, into the beauties of uh, nature. But uh, you're, uh, you're here warm and blessed. And when it's all over, you're going to have to go home to get rested. Praise God. One man went to work on Monday morning after the weekend. He said, I tell you what, that dancing is hard work. <laughs> You're really not on vacation, though you have taken your vacation for this camp meeting. And then some of you have brought your needs, your very serious needs. You need uh, in the camp meeting to store up for uh, for the days to come. You need uh, you need preaching too. You need teaching. You need to see folks pray through to the Holy Ghost experience around these altars. Sinners that have never moved need to be slain under the power you need reproving rebuking with all long suffering and uh, on and on that's what camp meeting is praise God no one has their feelings out on the shoulders and and great peace of they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them Praise God, praise God, praise God. So, after the heavy, heavy meat of the word that you have heard today, I pondered in my heart all of the rest of the day, what in the world could I say more? Of course, I'm not going to delve into prophecy tonight. But what, what could I preach? What could I say to this congregation in the evening service that would somehow or another do justice to what we have already felt and seen and heard? And I believe that God talked to me and uh, I want to talk to you. Praise God. And uh, as I talk to you, I, I want you to just let God have his way. Am I coming through all right on this one or should I hold this one? This one? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I like that one better. Amen. It's good to see my good friend Tony Koppel over here. God bless him. If you didn't meet him today, he is along with Brother Jonathan Urson and a great, great young man, evangelist. And I've seen some good folks from Oklahoma, from Texas. And I tell you what, since I was here eight or nine years ago, I know Kansas was very young at that time as a district of our own and eight or nine years makes a lot of difference but you are becoming not just on the fringes but you're becoming the center of the attraction amen Kansas is uh, beckoning calling reaching out uh, visitors are coming and when they hear about all that you do to do around here they are going to come for sure praise God 
Now all you Oklahomans and Texans and Missourians and Arkansasers or Illinoisans or Tennesseans or whoever, let's get with it. Amen. The Lord is coming soon. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Out of the book of 2 Kings tonight, the second chapter, and God bless your respect for the reading of the word. Everyone simultaneously stands without being asked. Second Kings, the second chapter, and beginning at the ninth verse. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder and Elijah went up by a whirlwind unto heaven, into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell by him or from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And the last reading of a verse, the 15th verse. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And again, will you bow in prayer? So weak and unworthy, just creatures of dust, but so great and so powerful are you. Dear God, we ask you to open our ears and our hearts and let, O oh God, the word seep, soak, saturate into us as never before. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody say praise the Lord. That's great. About 15 years ago, or longer, I heard a fine lady preacher preach a message. I've forgotten everything about it but the title. But I have never forgotten the title. And so I would like tonight to borrow that title and attach it to the message that I want to preach tonight. And that fine lady preacher preached from the title in the form of a question. Are you in Pentecost or is Pentecost in you are you in Pentecost or is Pentecost in you 
And though it may be a borrowed title, and you may have even heard the title, I'm saying that because I know that it's possible that you might have. It doesn't make any difference to me. I just wanted to give you a, a launching pad. I felt like that I could relate to because the fine young lady sang something about uh, being in the church a while ago and verified what I want to talk to you about tonight. But I want to ask the question one more time and I might ask it again. Are you in Pentecost or is Pentecost in you? Vast difference. I have read to you several verses of scripture out of 2 Kings and it relates to the translation of the great prophet Elijah. I'm not going into the intricate details of this translation, but I feel that tonight there is a deep religious significance in this translation for us today. And so, having read this portion of scripture, and you are well acquainted with the story, I start from that point. Now, years before Elijah was translated, he found a young man by the name of Elisha. And you can turn over to the book of 1 Kings and you can read how that he came upon a great vast field and a young man was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And Elijah took the mantle, a part of his clothing, a cloak of some type, a mantle that was easily taken off from his shoulders or maybe he just carried it in his hand. And he just kind of stretched it out in the direction of Elisha. And Elisha immediately left everything and followed after Elijah, the man of God. Now the years have passed and Elijah is old and he is about to depart and he knows it. And he sets out on a journey that will be the last journey for him. And Elisha is following hard on his heels. And repeatedly Elijah turns to Elisha and says, don't, don't follow me any further. Stay here. But Elisha continues to follow, as you well know the story. Even the various places that they stop, the sons of the prophets say, Elisha, stay here with us. Don't go on with Elijah. But Elisha is not to be turned back. He continues to follow hard after Elijah. And finally Elijah turns to him and says to him, Exactly what do you want? What is it that you would like to have, Elisha? And it didn't take Elisha long to, to let him know. He already had it uh, well thought out, well planned out. And, and without giving it any further thought, he said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. All right, Elijah says, if, if you see me, when I leave this place 
I'm going to grant that that will be granted unto you but in the event that you do not it shall not be so well Elisha fastened his eyes upon Elijah then all of a sudden it takes place there comes a, a chariot of fire and there are horses and Elijah goes up in a great type of whirlwind into heaven now usually we pick up from that point and skip over what I really want you to see tonight to the point where Elisha runs and picks up the mantle now there is a little known detail prior to that that is the kernel the corn the seed of my message tonight for when Elijah is gone and he no longer can be seen there is a deep feeling of loneliness that settles down upon Elisha he has never felt loneliness like he is feeling it right now you have heard it preached that he immediately runs and picks up the mantle but he doesn't he doesn't the first thing that Elisha does is to take his own clothes and rinse them in two and any place in the word of God where clothes are rent where anybody rents their clothes or tears their clothes it is a sign of deep sorrow mourning deep contrition and great breaking of the heart so Elisha rents his clothes into two pieces and then he goes over to that dropped mantle and picks it up and goes to the river Jordan and he doesn't say now God look what I have I have the mantle I've got what Elijah had this piece of cloth that he used a little while ago to divide this river God you see that I have it now in my hand he didn't say that he didn't say it but with that mantle kind of dangling loosely at his side perhaps he looks up and he says with no confidence in the mantle but confidence in the God of the mantle because he has had his personal deep mourning contrition and sorrow and tearing of his own clothes he says where is the Lord God of Elijah and then the miracle happens not because he has the mantle but because he has the God hallelujah hallelujah and when he gets back to where the sons of the prophets are at Jericho and they see him I also want you to notice this they didn't say look what Elisha has he's got the mantle that 
the man of God Elijah had. No, they didn't say that. But they said the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon Elisha. Praise God. Now I'm not minimizing the mantle. But I'm asking you the question. For some of us are second, third, fourth generation Pentecost. Are you in Pentecost? Or is Pentecost in you? For this mantle and the spirit represent two related experiences. The mantle represents the heritage or the inheritance or that that our predecessors have had before us. But the spirit is our own personal experience that we have got to have. Praise God. Praise God. I don't want anybody to say that Brother Becton is in Pentecost. But I would like to hear them say that Pentecost is in Brother Becton. Amen. I don't want them to say that 1980 camp meeting in Kansas, that Pentecost that was a Pentecostal camp meeting but I'd like for them to say that those people had Pentecost in them and there's a vast difference in being in Pentecost and Pentecost being in you and the difference comes about before you pick up the power before you take the spirit you have to rent your clothes you have to mourn you have to weep you have to have a personal experience and when you have that personal deep experience with God then the sons of the prophet are going to say like they said of Elisha the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon Elisha praise God hallelujah let's look at the natural just for a moment I'm not going to keep you very long tonight amen you know the privilege of our natural inheritance is, is great in every aspect of our living we inherit from the past we have a great privilege we speak the language that we inherited from our parents and those that helped us to learn it. Our habits and our customs and, and uh, the way we think, we inherited it from somebody. We are the heirs of the ages. We inherited buildings that we did not build or design. Cities that we did not lay out and plan and put the streets in. We have literature that has been handed down to us from great and notable writers. We have music that has been passed down through hundreds of years to us that we had nothing to do with. We have beautiful oil paintings that some are hundreds and yea hundreds of years old that uh, is a part of our today because it was a part of our heritage. Things that we could not have done, neither could we have won for ourselves, has been a part of the privilege of our inheritance. Amen. And it is the ability to inherit from the past that makes progress possible. I say it's the ability to inherit from the past that makes progress 
possible if every generation had to begin from the beginning no progress could be made but each generation is able to take over the achievements of the past and carry them on to greater achievements to greater heights Amen. I've been in public buildings I've been in art museums and I have seen great murals painted on great expansive walls about uh, the development say of transportation and down on one end of that great mural that great oil painting on that huge wall was primitive man dragging an animal that he had slain then you walk on a little bit further and you'll see the early wheeled vehicles then you'll see the early boats as they came down the waterways then you'll see the wagons and the coaches and the steam engines and the trains and the balloons that was the predecessor of the airplane and there were the modern cars then and the liners and then the jets and and the man going to the moon it all had its progressive steps from our inheritance in the past from the cave dweller right on up until this day all suggesting the way each generation has taken over the achievements of previous generations and carried them on to greater achievements the student that is learning chemistry doesn't have to begin where his grandfather began and I say again we are greatly advantaged in the natural because we have inherited some mantles from those of the past but I said all of that to say this there is behind us a great religious tradition and inheritance Amen. we don't have to begin seeking God where primitive man began hallelujah we walked into this air-conditioned building tonight and the Spirit of God was already moving Amen. because somebody in years and eons gone by taught us that there was a God that lived and that when he came on the inside of you Amen. he would speak for himself and that your emotions would get out of hand and control and you would let go and let God have his wonderful way you didn't come in here in a kindergarten tonight but you have come into a place that was well prepared because we have had mantles handed down to us Amen. everybody say praise the Lord praise the Lord Amen. we have a long heritage of saints of martyrs of Christians of preachers of missionaries amen 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 and although our religious inheritance today resembles uh, our heritage in the natural yet in many ways it's different the shipbuilder saw the faults of his predecessors and improved upon them the automobile manufacturer saw the mistakes of his predecessor and improved upon his mistakes. The scientists took the findings of his teacher and his progress depended upon his own insight, his own imagination, and his own initiative. Amen. That is the natural. But I want you to know in our attitude toward religious inheritance, there is a vast difference. We don't improve upon our predecessors. Though the world today in its crazy religious confusion might think they're improving on it, I'm standing in the old paths. Hallelujah! I'm seeing and asking, hallelujah! Oh yes, for those things that my forefathers passed on to me in the form of a mantle. Amen, 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 amen. Let me tell you something, friend. Being born in a Christian home, growing up 
in a Christian surrounding. Trained in Christian conduct. Raised in a Pentecostal church. Doesn't even begin to make you a Christian. Personally. Amen. I know what the Pentecostal palate was. I know what the shouting and the dancing was. I was awakened many times as a small child to the screaming and the shouting and the dancing. Amen. Amen. But let me tell you this. There came a day. There came a time. Amen. When I saw the last of Elijah going up and I saw a mantle come floating down and my inclination was to run pick up that mantle and say it'll do for me what it did for him but then I came to that moment of loneliness of deep contrition when I knew that nobody's mantle would do for me what it did for them I was going to have to rent my own clothes I was going to have to weep my own tears I was going to have to cry and sob my own sobbings I was going to have to come out from that Pentecostal palate amen, and get an experience for my own self and they would never have to say there comes Cleveland Beckton with a mantle of somebody's but they could say there comes a man that has the spirit of God upon him oh God oh God oh God oh God amen 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 hallelujah are you in Pentecost or is Pentecost in you? Amen. You got some mantles. Yeah, they're laying by your side. And you've wondered where the miracles are. And you've wondered why the power hasn't worked as it did maybe in years gone by. Let me tell you something. I don't want to go back. Amen. I don't want to go back because I thank the God of yesterday. If I will rid my clothes, is the God of today. And the river Jordan that roll back for Elijah is going to roll back for me. Praise God. And if there's anything lacking, it's not in God, but it's in me. Because I have felt secure in the fact that I was in Pentecost. And I needed to learn the lesson that I could not just be in Pentecost, but Pentecost had to literally saturate me. Amen. Second, third, fourth generation. Let me tell you something. You're going to be mighty confused with everything that's going on out there today. If you don't rent your own clothes sometime or another, Amen. And it might as well be tonight. Amen. It might as well be tonight. It might as well be in this camp meeting. Amen. You've rested on the laurels of many. And you felt secure in the religion of your parents. And you felt good because your pastor was a powerful preacher. But you sat and you sat and you sat waiting for a mantle. And when it came, you didn't know what to do with it. Because you did not have the spirit of that man of God. Nor of your parents. Amen. You have coasted along. I told you camp meeting was a lot of things to everybody. But let me tell you something. I shrunk in fear and terror the other night when I heard one of our pastors of a large church, quite a large church, say to me, and you don't know who it is, but he said, I called my young people in 
to a side room and he said I told them if any of them was planning on getting married now mind you these were Pentecostal young people and they were raised in the Pentecostal church some of them second third and fourth generation he said from now on when you come to my office for counseling prior to your marriage one of the questions that I'm adding to my list have you had premarital relations and he says if you answer truthfully and say yes your wedding is going to be in jeopardy in this church I don't know just exactly what he meant by being in jeopardy but I shrunk back in horror as I thought this is a large congregation does this man mean to be telling me that our second third generation Pentecostals don't have Pentecost enough in them that can keep them clean out there in the dark Let me say something else. A minister who traveled across the country in family life seminars passed out sheets of paper that did not have to be signed but with pertinent questions that were so personal and asked that they be passed back in. And since they did not have to be signed, he got a true picture. And when he had gone through many of our Pentecostal churches, and he tabulated the facts and the figures of unsigned questionnaires, 80%, and I'm not putting a mark against our young people, God forbid, but 80% of those questionnaires, and I know that statistics don't tell everything, had already had premarital relations. Oh, where are we headed? When you let the standards down, it goes all the way. Would you believe me if I told you that in the church that I pastor, that because of an infiltration of the world that came in subtly and swept through that congregation, that I have had to deal with social drinking, social drinking, I'm asking you the question tonight. Do you attend a Pentecostal church on such and such a corner and say that you are in Pentecost or is Pentecost in you? I thought Pentecost kept you from the things of the world. Before you pick up the mantle, you rent your clothes. Amen. Remember that. Before Elisha ran to pick up the mantle, he rent his clothes in deep contrition. And he didn't say, Lord, here's the mantle. Look at me, what I've got. But he said in a very sobering experience, where is the Lord God? of Elijah where is he tonight you Pentecostals tell me amen praise God is he just in name only or can we have so much of it in us
that in the afternoon, morning, evening services, we can see people weeping and people grinning their clothes as it were and sinners falling under conviction and divine healing being a mark of all of our services I'm hungry I'm hungry tonight amen because I am not wanting to be in Pentecost only amen amen Elisha didn't ask for something new. He just said a double portion. A double portion. He knew that mantle was the task. But the task wasn't enough. He must be a God-possessed man. Amen. He had to be himself a God-possessed man. In the natural again, the modern day with its jets, space travel... It's all dependent upon basic principles that's never changed. That mural that I told you about a while ago that showed the age of transportation, it showed way back down here in the beginning a roughly hewn out wheel. And I want you to know that we still are dependent upon the wheel. Everything has to revolve around the wheel. The law of gravity is still the same. Centrifugal force never changes. Aerodynamics, and that's a long word and I don't know what it means, but the same principle as a bird flying is still the same today. Amen. And when you stumble through all of the inherited mantles, you're still going to come full orbed back to the spirit that has always been the same. A blizzard and they looked quickly for shelter because they knew they could not they could not live through a blizzard without shelter and eventually they came across an old woodman's hut it was a poor place and the door was fallen in but there in that little hut away back away from the door in a dry place near the back wall was a stack of wood that was dry and in the dry and all they had to do was light a fire and pile the wood on it and live throughout the blizzard. When the blizzard was over, before they left, and after the storm had ceased, they was going to leave that little hut. They fixed the door up where it wouldn't be sagging on its hinges. And you know what they did? They went out and they gathered some more wood. And they put it in and against that back wall so it too could dry out if there ever should be another party of travelers that needed a kind of a shelter and some dry wood to build a fire. Amen. They didn't build a new hut. They didn't build a brand new building. They just got out what would make a fire and left it there for somebody to strike a match to it. I'm telling you that along the way we have come across stacks of wood that others have left for us but you and I are going to have to strike the match and light the fire and when you have passed this way you'd better go out and gather in some more wood because somebody else is going to come by that's going to need a shelter and going to need a fire to warm by and all they'll have to do then is strike the match and light the fire I think, we're, I think we're lighting the fire tonight in this camp meeting. Amen. And before the week's out, we're going to gather in some more dry wood.
Amen. So that if the Lord tarries and we come back next year, or you come back next year, Amen. There's going to be the firewood already dried out. All you have to do is just start a chorus, start a song, Amen. And the light, the match is struck, and the fire is lit, and the dance of the Spirit and the glory of the Lord begins to fall. Hallelujah. And God comes down. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. It would be easy to treat our heritage care carelessly. But the same challenge that came to Elisha is ours tonight to accept it and to pass it on. And the faith that lies behind our Christian tradition is never fully our own until we have made the response of our hearts and wills our own to the love of God Almighty. Then it becomes our own faith. Then it becomes our own personal communication with God. It is this which makes our inherited religion our very own and not just Elijah's. But it is ours now. And the sons of the prophet looked at Elisha and said the spirit of Elijah doth rest upon him. Hallelujah. 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 When we went to St. Louis back in 1948, rather 68, excuse me. Seems that long ago. Our middle boy was 15 years old. He had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and and uh, had in his way lived for God no problems but uh, we were in a different environment and his mother and I was gone practically every weekend and and we had left he and our daughter in the care of Pastor Rome and uh, they went to church and made their own way. A year or two, three passed by, and we were still traveling, and they were staying at home. One night in a service, Ronnie, our middle son, who was now 17 or 18 years of age, having had the Holy Ghost for a number of years, sat in that service, as a lot of things were happening there were singers special singers singing and uh, apparently there was moves of God but he could tell it better than I he said he watched those people and all of a sudden it swept over him this is not real. This is the biggest put on. This is the greatest sham that I have ever seen. God, where are you, God? And he got up and walked out of the service. His mother and I was gone. Deep loneliness settled over him as he put his hand on the door to go outside the building. And then he decided against it. He turned and came back. But instead of going back into the auditorium, he went down into the basement of the church and he knelt in the darkness all alone. The River Jordan was at its flood stage. And Elijah had already gone. And all he had was an inheritance or a heritage of a mantle. 
that he had been trying to use, but he really hadn't absorbed it. But he prayed there alone until he rent his clothes in, in his sorrow. And then he came back up the stairway and by then the service was over. The altar service was about ended and a lot of folks had gone. And he stepped just inside the doorway of the auditorium and he said when he did, something like a bolt of lightning struck him and the river Jordan rolled back and he began to run and he ran 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 until every doubt was settled some of you as your district superintendent said in the beginning of this service has looked on to the great move of God and you've said that's the biggest put on that's unreal that's not God and you are in Pentecost you are in Pentecost you didn't know I was going in this direction and I really didn't know it either but I'm telling you something tonight you are standing at the banks of the flood staged River Jordan with those thoughts in your mind and you're just about to leave in a few moments and those thoughts are going to dog your footsteps unless you tonight rent your clothes cry out to that God that makes these people worship and causes them to worship and makes them want to worship and forever and forever once and for all settle in your mind settle in your heart that the things of God are never to be figured out by the mind that once you get it down on the inside amen, it's not the mantle that's going to cause the river Jordan to roll back but it's the spirit that rests within you the Holy Ghost experience that's alive and bubbling over on the inside of you God let me tell you something I didn't intend to tell this but when I started out in the evangelistic work I was just 17 years of age and unfortunately for me I was raised in a great church but we never did know what the gifts of the Spirit were I just guess it just wasn't to be or at least at least no one yielded but one night in a in a revival meeting I never will forget it I was sitting at the piano and the service was underway and all of a sudden it seemed that I just floated off that piano bench and uh, I began to speak out in tongues I was just about 18 17 18 years of age and I thought, God, what am I doing? What will these people think? And then all of a sudden, the tongues changed to the English interpretation. And I thought, my God, I've never done this before. What in the world is happening to me? I was so thrilled and so excited. But then there were those that was in Pentecost. that begin to say that's not God that isn't real and you know what they settled down over me 
a real feeling of loneliness. I was heart sick. Just a young fella. And for 10 long years, I'm telling you this, I quenched every spirit that came to me in that direction. I didn't yield to it because of what somebody that was in Pentecost, but Pentecost wasn't in them, had to say about it. Until one day I thought, I've had my fill of this loneliness. I'm going to rent my clothes. I'm going back to that river Jordan. And Lord, if you will let me do it one more time, I promise you that every time, regardless of where I am or who's there, if you will let me yield one more time, I will give myself to you in whatever manner and in whatever way you want me to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And I want you to know God has never failed yet. And I have kept my word because that day I found out it wasn't enough just to have the matter that I had to have it on the inside. Oh. 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 My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. My God. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, folks. As has been said too many times, but maybe not enough. It's time to quit playing, church. It's time to quit letting the world trifle with us. It's time to quit letting the marks and the standards of holiness fly out the window. Amen. My God said we were going to be a peculiar people. Amen. That we would be a joyful priesthood and a chosen generation. That we should show forth the praises of him who got us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight that Pentecost is in me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pentecost is in me. I want it to stay in me. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can remain standing, but listen to me. Amen. My dear old mother. Amen. She's been in it all of my life practically. She got a little word about me last summer. I was preaching a camp meeting where she was. And, and Gary, don't tell her. Brother Gary, excuse me. The Spirit of the Lord hit me in that meeting. And I did exactly what I promised the Lord I'd do anything he wanted me to do and I did a little bit of everything and after the service was over my mother said Cleveland you're too old for that <laughs> here she had led me into it and then she was telling me I was too old for it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I said, now, Mother, 
You just don't worry about me. Well, son, you, you, you'll have a heart attack. No, I don't care. Amen. Praise God. One day I realized that my inheritance, my mantle that was handed on to me wasn't enough. Amen. I had to find my own. I had to get it for myself. Amen. And I want you to know that it's there on the inside. It burns me up. It literally eats me up. Amen. It consumes me. Amen. 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 And if you're here tonight, if you're here tonight, young people, second, third, fourth generation, or even first, and you're just in Pentecost, you just got a mantle in your hand. Amen. Come on. You need to come running down to this altar. Amen. You need to lay the world aside. And you need to say, oh God, oh God, I'm going to rent my clothes because I've got a River Jordan out there. Amen. I've got a River Jordan out there. I've got a River Jordan out there. A River Jordan. And this old mantle is not going to work. It's not going to work. Except I say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Oh, come on. Come on. Get in Pentecost, but better than that, let Pentecost get in you. Amen, amen, amen. The mantle is a type of Pentecost, but the spirit is the personal need that you have. And let me tell you, we don't want in these last days for our young people to go the ways of the world. Neither do we want our older folks to lay aside those old paths. We've got to keep it up, folks, for Jesus is coming soon. And there is a way that seemeth right unto the man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Oh, my God, we're in that day when every man's ways is right in his own eyes. But here we are tonight, amen, in a great old Pentecostal camp meeting, amen. But we're not just in a Pentecostal camp meeting. That Pentecostal camp meeting is getting in us. It's getting in us. I wouldn't be surprised at anything that happened, amen. Oh, God, let's believe him for blind eyes to open, for deaf ears to be unstopped, for miracles to happen for all-time holiness to be the watchword. Amen. For Pentecost has got to be in you. Amen.